0: We return on a busy Wednesday. How are you? Hope you made it through hump day. Now you're getting set for uh, better things ahead. Sure what the orders are open for this week is, woo. be harder to get worse than last night. Oh, my goodness. First period, all right. Second period, you're like, hey, goaltender made a few saves. All right, buckle down in the third. First shift, nah. and then it just went crashing downhill from there. Five goals, Now ones, five goals in the uh, in the third period. And you lose 7-4. That was uh, not good. The Orders have only scored one third-period goal through six games. One. They've got the second most in the first period. So starting isn't an issue. Finishing, big issue. Maintaining any sorts of continuity, big issue. Welcome back to The Gregor Show on Sports 1440. presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 50 million bucks. Lotto max. No one won it last night, so it's up to 50 Gs on Friday, so plan ahead for that. Of course, uh, Alberta's only regulated online, gambling website, where all the revenue stays right here in the province. PlayAlberta.ca. I'm Jason Gregor. He is Connor Halley. Uh, I've got a few new renovations here in the uh, Ewell studio. It's looking great. we got a new TV coming. Can't wait for that. Woo! Be nice, so uh, check it out, ewel.ca for all your electrical needs. Maybe they, maybe we'll talk to uh, uh, the group down there, Dave and everybody, see if uh, they can get a spark, something, a jolt to the orders. Now, let's get to a guy who is, uh, hey, he's always worth a jolt of energy. The spec report brought to you by GS Construction. And, uh, hey, you want to work for a fantastic company? Trust me, great culture. Everybody loves the work system there. They've got no problems with it. Go to com and look up GS construction as a uh, Mark Spector joins us. I know, Spec, everybody keeps talking about the system. I have to say, I'm, I'm tired of the system talk. They played against Winnipeg. They had no problem playing yep. a hockey game. And then, uh, to me, it's not the system last night. You can't cover guys in front of the net. There's no system on planet nope. NHL that says don't cover guys in front of the net. Uh, you don't pinch at the blue line on a four on four. We go down the list here. Like this is, this is a lack of focus for many different players at many different times.
2: Yeah, it's too much puck watching in the defensive zone. Too many guys uh, not taking care of the guy they're standing next to. I mean, this system, it's all this talk about system, and I'm with you. I'm sick of hearing about it. The system has Edmonton players right next to opponents, and then when a loose puck occurs, the opponent's gone, they got the puck, and they're scoring a goal. Have you noticed how many goals get scored with an oiler trailing in the vapor of the guy that's scoring it? That's because they didn't check, right? You can defend, but you got to check. You got to have your guy. So when a uh, puck comes loose, when when Matthias Ekholm was standing next to um, who scored the goal on the Campbell choke, uh, Campbell gave that puck up last night, hopped over his stick. Is that Hartman? Hartman. Yeah. Ekman's standing next to Hartman. The system's got him in the right place, but he's not checking him. The puck pops loose. Hartman's got all night. He's free. He's not being checked. Right bouchard standing next to a guy at the very start of the game the first goal the minnesota scores bouchard's in position the system's working but he's not checking them so yeah it's not the system it's the people trying to execute the system jason
0: oh buddy i am uh, i'm 100 percent with you it's uh it's frustrating and, uh, you know, the players themselves, uh, they got to wake up from it. Um, you know, uh, now you, you spoke to Woodcroft today. Unfortunately, I, I couldn't be there. I had a previous engagement. And uh, what, what did you sense from Woodcroft? I know he's an ultimate positive guy, but do you, do you see, like, are you hearing, is he getting
2: frustrated? No, he's not, if he is, he's not giving up, giving any of those vibes out. Uh, in fact, he's trying to paint a fairly positive picture, and I don't blame him. I don't blame. I'm not knocking him for that. That's what coaches do. The old school coaches used to belie their emotions a little more than Jay Woodcroft does. But if that's his style, that's his style. Uh, I, you know, he was he was telling us how heading into last night's game, they'd only given up one goal, uh, which he he called a defensive goal. Only one defensive goal in the first five periods, and I thought first five games. And I thought, man, that must be an awfully streamlined definition of whatever a defensive goal is. And, you know, we asked him about that and he said, well, this one came off the rush and that one came off a turnover and that one came off of this and this one came off of that. So listen, pal, I mean, a defensive, I don't know what, I think they're all defensive goals in a lot of ways, but um (laughs) i think what he's i've seen the same mistakes made
0: yes well i agree with you but i agree that this like i would say this though i would have asked him about the erickson goal because that's the one where it looked like okay so you have guys close so no one read the play well but what what do you what do you want in that position do you want your defenseman to go out to the boards, what do you want to do? That, that, that's the one goal that I'm going to ask about tomorrow uh, when I get there, because that, to me, would be one, I'm like, would that fall under the defensive one? I get what he says, like, when Bouchard treats it like a grenade in the corner, it goes off the end boards, and it's that's nothing about the defensive system, right? You talked about Ekholm and Bouchard goals uh, early on in front of the net. That's not the defensive system. So, And I went through all the goals in the Vancouver games, like, goals off the rush, penalty kill goals are obviously different than five-on-five systems. Shorthanded goals, when you gift them the goal, they don't count either, and so I actually don't think that there's been a lot of plays where okay now we're playing defense here for 20 or 30 seconds and we're getting killed that's not what's happening here like they're just allowing the other team in the offensive zone short period of time boom goal yeah
2: Yeah. one mistake and it's you know a a man left uncovered I mean the the Bouchard play on the game I guess it was the fourth goal the go-ahead goal where he couldn't handle the dump in you know, how can you, you can't blame a team or a system for that yeah right the one player doesn't make the play he's far too lackadaisical on that puck tic-tac-toe it's in the net you know the, those are just it's just a guy I don't get how a guy how Bouchard can be so aware he's he's always got his head up in the offensive zone he knows where everyone is on the ice in the offensive zone he he could see he, he's a you know he's an excellent offensive player. He he hangs onto the puck. He's got patience, patience, patience. And the minute he goes over the red line into the defensive zone, it's like some switch flicks, and he loses all those skills and he becomes a completely different player. Like I get, it amazes me how the same guy can have those skills in the offensive zone and lack them so so overtly in the defensive zone.
0: Well, and, and that's to me like he he's got eight points. In six games. Offensively, he's the second highest scoring defenseman in the NHL. So he's doing something right. So people who right. just want to get rid of him, I'm like, okay, pump the brakes. But isn't it upon coaching then, isn't it upon coaching then to look and say, okay, he's helping us in the offensive zone. He's not helping us in the defensive zone. So let's play him in the third pair to start here. He can still run the power play. Right. We can still put him out for offensive zone starts. Um, where off of face offs, because that's the one area of the orders game that was great last night was they, they were great off face offs. It led to three goals. So you can still do all that spec, but you got to protect the team. And, and it's not like he's suddenly going to go from 19 minutes to 14, right? Like we're talking probably one or two minutes less of five on five play overall, but it'll be against lesser competition is the bigger difference. And to me, I would strongly consider looking at that.
2: Well, you know, it's really a lesson too, Jay, in, in in the path that a player ascends at. You know, Bouchard, remember two years ago, he wasn't playing and we all said, you got to play this guy more and they didn't play him enough. And then they played him last year and they and then Ekholm came along and they played him with Ekholm and, and his, all of these things we're criticizing him for went away, right? He's pretty good in the playoffs. He was very good down the stretch. He was a good defenseman in his own zone. He's never going to be, you know, Jason Smith in his own home, yeah. <laughs> but he was a much better player last year. Yeah. Now a new season starts and you think, oh boy, he's got more experience. He's going to be even better. And he's not, he's, he's taking a step back here early on, at least defensively. I have absolutely no doubt. Like we watched him be a better defensive defenseman last season. He'll get it back. Yeah. It's there. He's done it. He'll, he'll turn back into the player. We watched. He's going to be a good defenseman. I'm not anyone who wants to get rid of him is doesn't know what the hell they're talking about but this is the time when you need you know room's burning a little bit here pal you need guys individually to step up if this team's going to get turned around and number two is absolutely definitely one of them
0: yeah no there's uh there's very few guys spec that you would look in the room and say hey that guy's been great right there's not a lot of those guys Ah, like you know there's some like (laughs) hey warren fogel good for him warren fogel is uh He's elevated. Yeah. He's getting an opportunity. played well. And I'll say this, Beck, I, I know as I was critical, so uh, Matthias Janmark showed why he was ahead of Dylan Holloway yesterday. He played way better than Dylan Holloway.
2: Yeah. Uh, he, I had no problem. You know, he's always going to be, Matthias Janmark, when he breaks in on net, he he doesn't have the same hands that, you know, a first-line player has. That's why he's not a first-line player. Mm-hmm. But in that configuration, you know, listen. Offensively, they scored four goals in a tough building for them on the road. That's enough to win, right? Yeah. The the game was absolutely lost uh, within ten feet of their own net last night. So yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, I didn't mind Yamark's game at all. And I didn't mind Holloway's game either. I think he's in the right spot. Looking
0: ahead to tomorrow, you got the New York Rangers coming to town. Um, you know, they're they're a team that can play run and gun. They got a lot of offense. Uh, they got a good defense, but uh, they could also give up some goals. Like this, it, in theory, it should be an entertaining game spec, and it's just, it's which, who Jekyll and Hyde's going to show up? Because in four of the order games, ugh, in the other two games, I thought they played quite well. So which what which group is going to decide to show up tomorrow? That's the major question, and I, I honestly, I can't even predict. I have no idea. Like, the first period orders last night, I was like, okay, they look all right. Second period, jeez, the goalie's starting to look okay. And then, well... It was absolutely a, just a barforama in the third period.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it, you know, a, and, and it's a good team. Like, you know, history is going to play out here. Jay, the orders are going to do what the orders are going to do, and uh, I still, uh, put me on the record today on October 25th, they're going to make the playoffs still. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you my pick for them to win the Pacific. I'm not sure I'd make that pick again on October 25th, but I have them today. I think they'll put this thing together. I've looked at rosters for a long, long, long time up and down, and and I see a pretty strong roster. I see a lot of good players. I don't see a roster where enough of these guys can play poorly enough by their own standard that they won't make it. So that's great. But, you know, it's got to happen here. It's got to start. It's got to turn around. Like that game last night, it was really disconcerting to see that level of deconstruction in the third period. You know, so maybe they could have lost. Like I'm not yeah. saying the other teams trying too, I always tell you that. Yeah. But to fall apart the way they fell apart, that was disconcerting. It was very concerning. I didn't that made me boy, I shook my toque a little bit when I watched that because I mean four goals in the third period plus an empty netter, uh, they absolutely fell to pieces and that's not something I thought I'd see.
0: Yeah, you're right. That, you know what? Now, maybe it's because it's, it's, um, uh, Minnesota because, uh, basically Minnesota is to the orders, what the orders are to Nashville right now. Like, you know what? They just can't beat them. It doesn't matter what they do. But, uh, it was, mm-hmm. it was an ugly third period. No question. And so, like, if you're Jay Woodcroft spec, you, you only have 18 mm-hmm. skaters, right? You can't bench anyone in the press box. But, Is there? Do you see any – at what point do you think there has to be, like, a significant message sent from the head
2: coach? Yeah. We're in message territory, Uh, you know, if if I'm coaching the team. And I admire, like, all of us in the media, I think, you know, we're kind of here, and I think the fans run hotter than the media generally. Fans are firing coaches and kicking players off the team, and I love it. Like, that's what it's all about, being a fan. I think us media guys, we're sort of next, and then coaches – Coaches are generally very patient, more patient than I am, Jason, right? I'm always like, oh, man, you got to do something. And they're always kind of sticking with the process. So I'm here to tell you that certainly if Mark Spector's the head coach, it's time to, you know, the next guy that goes out and stands next to an opponent and watches him tip a puck in while well, he's not engaged with that player and checking him, that guy sits for a period on my bench. Maybe that's, Maybe that's why I'm not a coach, Jay. Maybe that's why. But I'm here to tell you, we've hit that point. Watching guys and saying that's not up to our standard after the game, I think we've got to be getting past that at some point, don't we? I'm kind of sick of the standard. The standard right now, the standard ain't very high for what I've been seeing.
0: And uh Spec, uh sorry, I just uh you weren't on earlier, but Connor had asked me a question and uh I had Googled it and forgot, but uh because he was asked where's an outdoor game and uh Sweden and Finland both have actually really good outdoor Olympic stadiums, Connor. So I'm sticking with my choice of uh where I'd want an outdoor oh. game. So uh there we go. So nice. And uh our good friend uh Yoni had sent me a picture as well. So I had a boy Young's appreciate it. <laughs> Uh,
2: always trust Yoni. Oh yeah, he knows. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> d- don't trust him around vodka, but anything else, you can trust him. So that's good. <laughs> Spec, uh, have yourself a great day, and uh, we will chat with you tomorrow.
2: All right, looking forward to tomorrow. it's going to be fun. Uh, Jay, it's going to be a fun day down there uh, with Dougie Wade. Oh yeah, uh, Charlie Huddy. Yeah, there's a bit of a press conference. I think twelve or something like that. so yeah. it'll be fun. Billy Garen's down there. I talked to George Lerac today. He's on his way into town. So a bunch of alumni are coming. It'll be a fun day at the rink tomorrow.
0: Yeah, there's quite a few guys uh, coming in. I know uh, uh, Torres is coming in, uh, as you mentioned, and um Ooh, is he? Yeah, I got a I got a list of a few other guys that are that are going to be in town tomorrow, and uh, and I think keep my on, head up on the weekend. Torres
2: doesn't like me much, so <laughs> <laughs> he'd never throw an elbow. I was, speck. Un- I was unfortunately covering the playoffs when he was throwing those high hits for Chicago, and they were suspending him right out of the game. And that was, unfortunately, I had to write about those, and I don't think he loved my take on those bits. <laughs> but, hey. Well, go, intri- go you're, introduce you're, yourself. Guy in the dressing room loves you, Jay. You're not doing your job. <laughs> <laughs> Touche.
0: Have a good one, Speck. That right. is uh, Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Uh, we'll return. Uh, Nick Alberga is going to join us, uh, talk a little uh, fantasy hockey. You've had a few weeks now. I know many of you are in the, you know, the daily f- fantasy. Of course, I know some of you could be like, hey guys, like, this is great to have 16 games. But now there's only one the next night. It's kind of tough. So, uh, we're going to talk about uh, a few players to watch for around the NHL to, uh, help you in, the, in your fantasy hockey. And, uh, it, just if you like stats, because there's some very interesting stats. Speaking of stats, did you know the Edmonton owners tied an NHL record last night? They became the eighth team in NHL history, first team since the Phoenix Coyotes in 2012 to have three too-many-men-on-the-ice penalties in the same game. Order fans, remember, the Coyotes went all the way to the conference final in 2012. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. 525, welcome back. Uh, We had a lot of texts. Hey, boys, did I miss the contest today from Fred? No, Fred, well, maybe you did miss it, but yes, we did it in the 4 o'clock hour. And uh, Andrew was our qualifier today. Uh, we'll do another one tomorrow, and uh, oh, but you didn't miss your chance to go to the order game tomorrow night. Ooh, how about that? Courtesy of the Edmonton Orders Community Foundation, we have a pair of sweets Now these are sweet seats, man. Comes with food and everything. Right, cons? They're in the Sportsnet Club, are they not? I believe so. They're. Uh... Jeez, it's pretty good. We just had good life coming back, the music. Uh, you'll be living the good life tomorrow. Oh yeah, okay. So if you want to go hmm, how can we do this? You know what? Maybe we'll you, we'll do trivia in the final segment of the show today. So stay tuned. We'll do a little trivia. It won't be too hard. It'll be uh, orders Trivia. Okay? And uh, one of you is going to win a sweet pair of seats to go to the game tomorrow. Doug Waite, Charlie Hottie Hall of Fame game. Pretty nice. Now let's get to the uh, fantasy report brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, heavy haul transport provider, and now home to an Olympian. Big shout out to uh, Devo McEwen because, uh, man, he made it. He's been uh, training kind of quietly, uh, pushing for the uh, the bobsleigh team, and he made it. So that's pretty outstanding. Currently in uh, Windsor right now. So a uh, big shout out to everybody there. I know they're pretty fired up at Next Gen Transportation. As uh, we welcome in, talk a little uh, fantasy, Hockey with uh, a good friend of the show, Nick Alberga, my manage of uh, Fantasy on Ice podcast, also from the, uh, the nation, uh, network. Uh, Nick, how you doing, my man? I'm, uh, much better here in Toronto than you guys in Edmonton. I'll say that. How are you? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, order friend, you know, I'm all right, but yeah, order fans are a little hot on the collar right now, a little, and rightfully so. Their team is off to a brutal start. So I do have to ask you because from a fantasy perspective, Evan Bouchard, he's got eight points. He's got two goals, got six assists, but he's minus eight. How does, like, do, do a lot of fantasy leagues use plus minus, Nick, or is that kind of just too passe?
3: It's a, it's it's kind of getting passe. I think some leagues I'm in specifically do, um, but Evan Bouchard is a, um, a big-time asset, obviously, in fantasy hockey right now just because of the point production when McDavid's healthy, the five-on-five, The power play utilization, uh, PP1QB, I mean, uh, it was a blessing when Tyson Berry, of course, was dealt to the Nashville Predators. So, yeah, I I know the plus minus hasn't been great thus far, but the fact that he's an offensive dynamo is good news to the years of fantasy owners.
0: Yeah, I would, uh, I would think so. So he's definitely not someone uh, early on. Now, there's always early season trends, Nick, and I know you love studying all this stuff. Um, you know, you look at some of the early season guys. Like a lot of people thought Jack Hughes was going to have a good start. He's obviously the greatest start ever for a New Jersey Devil player to have uh, 14 points in the first five games. But uh, you know, Larkin, DeBrincat, like these guys are red hot. Um, how many of them do you think? Like when we look, like, how hot do you think Larkin and DeBrincat are going to stay?
3: So it's funny you ask that question because the other night I was watching a network that's not ours, so I don't have to publicize them. But somebody went on air and was advising the public to bet on Alex Debrinkit to win the Rocker-Richard trophy, which I thought was just ridiculous to begin with because there's so many prolific snipers in this league. But to answer your question, I think that Debrinkit's been a top fantasy file for many years now. Quite frankly, I just don't think he wanted to be an Ottawa senator. And and not that he didn't play his hardest, but again, the motivation is there. He's back home in Detroit uh, it's like Batman and Robin right now. We're seeing with Larkin yeah. and the Brinkett. They've uh, combined for 27 points so far here in the early season. It's a great story. I mean, to expect this to continue is probably unlikely. I'm, I mean, there's gotta be a bit of regression here, but certainly. I could see breakout numbers for both of these guys. Um, I think at the very least, I think we've learned that Detroit will score goals. Mm-hmm. I still have my reservations about the crease. Can they keep the puck out of the net? I know a lot of people are jumping the gun a bit and saying, hey, Detroit should be in the playoffs now. I can't go that far. But, yeah, it's, it's been great stories. And Debrink, it's a guy I actually identified uh, in somebody I wanted to draft. So I was happy to get him in a couple of keeper leagues because he's ripping it up. The guy's happy. Like These guys are smiling. And I said this on the show the other day. I I just feel for Ottawa Senators fans who this is the guy that Pierre Dorian traded for, and now he's not producing the way. You expected him last year, and then you see what happens here in Detroit, right? Yeah,
0: well, hey, um, being happy where you're at can make a a big difference for anyone. And now he's a streaky scorer. The guy scored 40 goals before, so you know what? Uh, It's proven that that he can do it. And so, you know what? Uh, We'll see how it continues. Uh, The Rocket Richard might be a little bit much. But, hey, he's got a – now he's two up on Matthews. That's the thing. Like Matthews had six in the first two. Then he went a few games without a goal. Then he scored uh, last night. Uh, Sam Reinhardt, though, in Florida, very quietly off to a seven-goal start.
3: You know why? Contract here. This is another guy. So another one of my strategies in fantasy hockey that I just love hammering guys in contract years. So it doesn't always work out, but I think it's a good calculated risk is Sam Reinhardt taking nothing away from the guy. But again, he is coming off a disappointing season by his standards. And then magically, boom, it's a contract year, and he's having an unreal start, which is great news for the Panthers, obviously, without guys like Montour in the lineup right now. Gustav Forsling's running their first power play unit. Uh, Ekblad's out. Sam Bennett's out. So, like, this is good news for the Panthers that they're getting the production because I look now, and Matthew kachuk hasn't scored a goal yet. So, like, where would this team be without Sam Reinhardt? But he's certainly, for rest-of-season purposes, if you had a question out there and you're listening or watching and wondering what you should do with Sam Reinhardt, I would hold on to him because I do project a big monster season. Again, he wants to put himself in line to get paid here, right?
0: Uh Nick Alberga joins us. Now, Nick, what about like non-top guys that are, you know, quietly maybe, yep. you know, there's 700 guys in the league. So people aren't going to know everybody. And they're like, she's like, who is a waiver wire guy? Maybe I could go look at right now because, you know, unless you're playing daily fantasy, then obviously that's different for Dabrink out those guys. But if you're playing maybe in a, in a, lo- in a, in a season long pool and you know what, you've had somebody who's off to a slow starter. There's some guys down the lineup that you think, hey, here's somebody to go pluck.
3: Yeah, definitely. And I think it all, it all deals with like ownership and Yahoo standard leagues. Like I play Yahoo, whatever you play. Like I think there are guys who are ready available. You can look at the Colorado Avalanche first and foremost. I, I, I will gladly. Uh, do some work in their top six right now. When you look at and McKinnon, Nikushkin, Tatar, Johansson, Rantanen, the two guys that stick out for me that are going to be available for fantasy owners are going to be Ryan Johansson coming over from the Nashville Predators, of course, and you know a guy like Thomas Tatar, I like that fit there in the top six. I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Jonathan Drouin uh, could have been a guy that could flourish in that role, but he's now on the third line. So those two guys specifically I would look at. Uh, even Vegas and their unbelievable start guys like Chandler Stevenson, uh, has seven points in seven games. William Carlson has seven and seven. Paul Cotter scored an unbelievable goal last night in that win against the Philadelphia Flyers. I would look there. Even with the Boston Bruins, they're not scoring as much as the other uh, two undefeated teams, but Matthew Poitras is, has been a great story. Three goals in the past two games. And uh, elsewhere, I would look at a guy like Frankie Vetrano uh, with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, I like his deployment with McTavish and Strom there on the uh, second line, I guess we'll call it, for the Ducks. Scores the game-winner last night. If you're looking at shot on goal in that in that prop, on the betting market, he always seems to hit it's five straight. He's hit over two and a half, 24 shots in the last five. Evan Rodriguez is another great fit. Uh, you know, a uh, great, great utility sort of type player with the Florida Panthers. Nick Paul with Tampa. Ryan Hartman, his second career night last night, as you guys saw. And Shane Gossesberg to me, has been a brilliant story because I sort of wondered uh, Greg's about that fit in Detroit, but uh, it seems to be a theme around this league. Teams running with two defensemen on PP1. We're seeing that right now with the Red Wings, with Mo Satter and Shane Uh
0: One thing we are seeing, Nick... If you want to win in the NHL, limit goals against. Uh, Dallas is, is 401, two goals against. Colorado, six and 0, two goals against. Vegas is seven oh, one point eight six 1.86 goals against. And the Boston freaking Bruins are six and 0 and a 1.17 goals against average. It's, uh, like the Boston Bruins, man, I think they've won 21 of the last 22 regular season games. Like it's freakish how good they are in the regular season right now.
3: Yeah. And I tried yesterday to like, like temper expectations on Boston. But I got to give that team credit because I cover a team in the Maple Leafs, as you know, and they always seem to play bad against inferior opponents. I mean, it's it's been a very lax schedule, we'll say, for Boston. They beat Chicago twice, Nashville, San Jose, the LA Kings, the Anaheim Ducks. So I think the proof will be in the pudding over the next couple of weeks. I think their first big game... Is coming up against Detroit. they got the Leafs coming up as well. So we'll see what happens there. But you're so right. And I think to tie it over to fantasy hockey too, like my general philosophy when it comes to goaltending in October is just like I go in every season knowing my goaltenders are going to get lit up. I I think you look around this league and we're seeing it in Edmonton. You mentioned it earlier on before I came on. It's been a tire fire defensively. But I think over an 82-game slate, Things will rectify themselves. I just think you have to say to take a a bit of a wait and see approach to some of these teams. And it's not like it's just bad teams with bad net mining right now. Like there's good teams out there the Oilers, uh, the Leafs to an extent. There's other teams. That have really, really struggled to get a save, but I will just tell you that it seems to be a league-wide trend every year in the month of October. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's fair to say.
0: Is there uh, there anybody who's off to a slow start that you're still buying high on, that you'd say, hey, this is the guy, go out and trade for him from someone else because they're mad at him? Because usually that's where mistakes are made is when the emotional trade happens in fantasy.
3: Oh, I'm seeing it already. It's like again, even in and you know, Aaron Bordado is my producer with the Leafs Show and obviously a big time Oilers fan, Oilers After Dark, check that out. But it, it's six games. Like let's relax, people. I understand we're losing our minds over the Edmonton Oilers, but he still possess the best player on the planet. Like things will over a you know an eighty two game slate, they're gonna figure it out. I think the Oilers are gonna be fine. To answer your question, like the two names that stuck out when you asked it, like Jason Robertson's off to a slow, slow, so-so start by his standards, I would say, with the Dallas Stars. Now, a lot of it had to do with Rope Hints not being healthy to start the year, but I would definitely look at a guy like that. I, I, I think it's going to be tough to buy low on some of these guys because of the resume, the body of work. And the other guy is like a Tage Thompson. Um, if you want to have success in pulling off maybe a buy low move, maybe a Connor Hellebuck if you feel – Good about the Winnipeg Jets figuring things out over the next couple of weeks. Been an up-and-down start for them defensively. You want to talk about a goalie's had a rough start. Notwithstanding, of course, the last couple games, I would look at him. Washington scares the hell out of me, I won't lie. Like Alex Ovechkin scores last night. He had 13 shots on goal in that game. So if you have shots on goal, maybe you identify him as a, a trade target. But I, I just think they're slow and they're old, and they just don't look like the same Capitals team that we've been accustomed to seeing over the last couple of years. But those are probably the two names like – I think, can be had right now in the trade market uh, just because I think a lot of people are down on them. Nick, great stuff, my
0: man. Always good to talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Have a good one. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Take care. There you go. That is uh, Nick Elberga uh, Join us. A really good rundown uh, if you're into fantasy, man. So now's the time. Now's the time. Capitalize on the person who's too highly emotional because we're all like that. I, I play fantasy sports, and I've made some terrible trades early in the year sometimes. Looking back on it, just be like, what are you doing? So you get a little bit, you know, or you're, you put a guy on waivers, you know, four weeks into the year because you got to claim this other guy. And then, you know what? Two weeks later, the guy's doing exactly what you drafted him for. It's the worst. So I've, I've learned to be a lot more patient on the uh, waiver wire specific in fantasy. Uh, when we're going to come back, we're going to play a little trivia. So 403 or sorry, 833 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. And, uh, be sure. Hey, remember winter rise. Plan ahead. Get your vehicles. You, you know, you want to feel good. Your vehicle wants to feel good. So get the uh, proper oil change right now at Jiffy Loop. jiffyloobeservice.ca. 833-401-1440. We'll play a little trivia, and uh, you could be going to the Orders and Rangers tomorrow night. 833-401-1440. Call us now. Oh, it's a great tune, buddy. Welcome back. Wednesday edition of the Gregor Show on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. And hey, you know what? You're still frustrated? We get it. We understand it. And that's why you're a sports fan. Because if you didn't care, why would you watch? Right? You wouldn't be listening to this station right now if you weren't a sports fan. It's fantastic. So we appreciate you having you. 833-401-1440. We are going to play a little trivia right now. Why? Because you are going to go to the game tomorrow night, courtesy of the Edmonton Owners Community Foundation. All right? Got a pair of seats. Sweet seats. They also get the meal in the Sportsnet Lounge. Nice. So be sure to get there early. You want to be in your seats at 6.55. Because the ceremony starts right around 7 o'clock. Doug Waite, Charlie Huddy, Let's play a little trivia today. We don't want to make it too difficult. So uh, we'll see how you do. Let's go to John. John, how are you? I'm good. How are you? John, I'm excellent. Um, Mark Spector, actually, uh, I was uh, I was seeing the article way back when, back in uh, in March of uh, 1993. Doug Waite was acquired, came to Edmonton in a trade. Who did Edmonton trade to acquire Doug Waite?
2: Uh, that was Asset the Ooh,
0: buddy, good memory. Yes, indeed, it was uh, Essa Tikkonen. And uh, Specs' headline was uh, "Tick traded, Oilers gain some weight." Oh, <laughs> spec didn't write that. He's not witty enough to do it. Maybe Gene was as his editor at the time. We'll see. But uh, congratulations! Can you go to the game tomorrow? Oh, I sure
3: can. I could be there.
0: All right. Well, stay on the line. Because Connor's got to get all your information. He's going to be able to uh, transfer you the tickets. Uh, the wonders of technology nowadays, and uh, you will be going to the game. Get there early because you got some food with it. Okay, thank you. There you go, Johnny. Remembering the uh, Essa Tekinan. When you look back at trades, like that trade worked out. Hey, worked out for the Rangers. They won the cup. It worked out quite well for them to orders. The orders, you know what? Uh, they they who in the midst. That was um, uh, the. First year of them being bad. And then the next few were terrible. But then, uh, Doug Wade, he was their leading scorer for seven other eight seasons. The only season he didn't lead them in scoring was when he got injured and only played 47 games. And that was a fantastic trade for the Edmonton Orders. Worked out very well. You got a guy who's going now in their Hall of Fame. It's very well spoken. Him and his wife, Allison, did lots in the community. It's great. Hey, Gregs, that was way too easy. Norman, to con- hey, Norm, I never said it was, I never said it was going to be that difficult. Well, we're kind of in a giving mood, right? Trust me, there's days when I'll make the trivia questions harder. I'm all for that, but uh, today I was like, you know what? Let's uh, let's make it uh, a little bit easier. So,
1: here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact.
0: Now, let's get, uh, we're going to get into the uh, Oilers uh, locker room, courtesy of uh, E-Well, go to E-W-E-L dot C-A. And uh, we're going to start, man, with the uh, the record that you don't want to set, but the Orders have now tied. They didn't set it, they tied the NHL record for most too many men on the ice penalties in a single game. The Orders didn't have another minor penalty to put them down. Now, DeHarnay and uh, Felino had coincidentals, Kane had to fight, but the only penalties to put the order shorthanded—too many men, too many men, too many men. Are you freaking kidding me? So uh, here's Woodcroft on the too many men penalties.
4: Well, I think uh, obviously there was some miscommunication with with some guys, some some guys jumping on when they're check or their change didn't fully come off uh, the bench. There was actually four in the game, Reid. I don't know if you saw that, but the other team got called too. So It seemed to be a focal point. Um, I don't think the people who jumped on affected the play or anything like that, but there was certainly a a violation. Um, In the end, you're responsible for jumping on for the people that you're changing for, and uh, we can do a better job.
0: (sighs) To put it gently they can uh, do a better job do you think those mental errors are a symptom of the funk that the team is in right now
4: well in the end you are individually responsible for jumping on the ice for your change um so it's important that you're clear on who you're changing for now things alter when you're 11 forwards and 7-D um, because sometimes forwards are being asked to play maybe not their natural position. We pride ourselves on making sure um, we're clear on who's where and whatnot. In the end, it's an individual individual error. We can clean it up for sure.
0: Yeah, well, come on. That. And the thing was, could, they could have been called a few other times last night. Right? And they almost gave up a goal. Remember Ekholm and DeHarnay. That terrible tra that terrible change almost cost a goal. So yeah, it was not uh, not a good night. Um he was asked are there differences I don't even want to ask this question, but hopefully those will cure things. Is there a significant difference between this year's system and last year's?
4: I wouldn't say that's the word um that we would use. I think it is it is a different system. It's a system that was uh, embraced um, by everybody in our organization as an area we wanted to go th- go to. I think, as I said, through five games of the regular season, uh, we gave up one goal in that coverage uh, in the defensive zone. Uh, yesterday, we gave up a few. Um, certainly we can be better. Um, but for me, um uh, when, anytime you're working through a new way of doing things, there's growing pains. Uh, but like I said, through five games, we gave up one goal.
0: Well, through five last night, I thought there was at least one potentially two. And again, and, and I agree. I, I think too many people are just repeating system system. Ah, it's a new system. Cause I don't want to admit that some of the players aren't playing well enough collectively as a group. They've had way too many blatant breakdowns. Off, look at the odd man rushes they're giving up. Terrible. Look at the unforced and unforced errors on goals this season. Crucial goals. Think about it. Skinner, unforced error. Bouchard, unforced error. Go down the list. I'm not. And I'm not picking on those guys. I'm just pointing out goals at crucial times around unforced errors, right? You you need to protect the puck better. And I think it's fair to say, Evan Bouchard's, he has a confidence with the puck in the offensive zone right now. There's no question. And usually when you have that, it leaks into your confidence in the defensive zone. You make plays with the puck. But he's mishandled the puck directly on three goals this year. Like, that's the one part of his game that I would never be worried about. Is Devin Bouchard handling the puck? So... I don't even know how to explain why that's happening, right? Like him not picking up the guy in front, sorry to tell you, I've seen that record, right? I've seen that movie and we'll probably still see it. That's not the strength of his game. I'd love it to improve, but I don't pull my eye. I don't gouge my eyes out when I see it all the time because I'm like, I don't know if he's ever, he's definitely never going to be Jason Smith. I'm just not sure he's going to get there. I thought he took strides though in the playoffs last year. I thought Bouchard was much more physically, emotionally engaged. So he's shown he can do it. Now, he can't do it for all 82 games. But you definitely have to do it at important times in the game. I think there's a difference on that. Um, Was asked, is it hard for a coach to hold players accountable when uh, you can't put anybody in the press box? You only have 11 Fords. How difficult is it?
4: I would say that we look at every inch of our game on a daily basis. I think, as I said, through five games, I, th- I thought, you know, our our play was better than what our record shows. I thought there were individual errors within uh, within games that led to losses. Um, you know, for example, I think in game number five against Winnipeg, we gave up three goals. One was a shorthanded goal. One was a three-on-three overtime goal. One was a goal with one second left on a penalty kill. that had nothing to do. We gave up three five-on-five chances against in that game.
0: Hmm. Well, you look at it, uh, and keep in mind, I like this one. Hey, Gregor, the head coach clearly talked about a system, but tell us how the coach knows less than you. Did you hear what the coach said about the system? He said it's allowed one goal against. Which is why I said anybody wanting to blame the system isn't accurate. Go look at the goals against. Shorthanded goals don't count. Three-on-three goals don't count. When a guy isn't covering the man in front of the net, that's not a systemic breakdown. That's a decision. He's standing right there. So if your system is, we want you to be in this position, no system says, hey, stand beside him, but don't tie him up. Unnamed texter. Not surprising you wouldn't put your name in the text. hilarious, but that's a fact. Do you think the system, Evan Bouchard was right where he was supposed to be. He didn't cover the man. Is that a systemic issue? Ekholm didn't box out the guy in the second goal. Is that a systemic issue? No, that's the point. They're not systemic issues. Those are mental breakdowns. Players aren't doing the play that they're supposed to do. It's that simple. It's that simple. So, and tell the players, want to commit better? Like I know in Edmonton, you guys love, fire the coach, fire the coach, fire the coach. Because it's simple to do. It's okay to ask the players to do their job better. They're not doing their job consistently enough. The stats don't lie. Scoring chances off the rush, getting murdered. And look at it. The Edmonton orders, they don't even spend that much time in the defensive zone. That's their orders are 21st in defensive zone time where the other team is in their offensive zone, right? 21st, which means like they've been in there the 21st least amount of times, the opposition. So it's not like Edmonton is getting hemmed in their own zone. They're like, oh, my God, we're out of position. We don't know what they're doing. It's a one. They come in, boom, shoot, off a face-off goal, right? So, again, goals off a face-off. Is that a defensive system? No. That might be a structured play. You lose the faceoff guy, takes a point shot. If you don't cover your man in front, that's not a system. It's not doing your job. They got to be better. Way better. We'll see if it can start tomorrow. At some point, well, I shouldn't say that for sure, but if they ever want to get out of the slump, they got to turn around at some point. I don't know when that's going to be. Would I be confident against the Rangers? I'll be honest. Probably not. But they could surprise me. I didn't pick them to beat Minnesota because they never beat Minnesota, but I also didn't pick them to blow it up in the fifth and give up five goals, four in an empty netter in the third period. So we'll see if uh, they can find their game because it clearly needs to be much, much better. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. Let's get to uh, Connor Hallie in a final sports 1440 update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. Stop in right now. Trust me, they know the system. They're playing it well. Zero percent financing for 84 months on all compact B extractors right now at Edmonton Kubota. Good night.
1: cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com
0: even on a budget quality is non-negotiable